Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Derek Coburn. He is the founder of a networking group in Washington, D.C. area called Cadre. Uh, he is also a partner at Washington Financial Group and the author of a book we're going to talk about today called Networking is Not Working, Stop Collecting Business Cards and Start Making Connections. So welcome, Derek. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. So um, I probably don't do enough. I've been doing this podcast for a lot of years, and a lot of times we just I just jump right into the subject, and I figure, well, people know who you know this guest is probably, right? Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm really trying to make a conscious effort to to let people tell a little more of their backstory, you know, how they got here. And, and because I think a lot of times, especially in the online world, you know, you and I have known each other for a couple years now, maybe, and, and so I kind of have that history with you, but, you know, I don't really know where you came from. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm relatively uh, still still a punk in the ultimate scheme of things. <laughs> so I I uh, had uh, the wealth management business, which I started right out of college in 1998. I was I was doing really well with that uh, from the start, and it was mostly because I was better at handling rejection than just about anyone else, because it was all about cold calling back then. Yeah. And was putting in my 80 hours a week, and uh, you know things were going well. And I started reading, I started reading books, you know, in 2007, 2008 of the, you know, Seth Godin variety as opposed to the best practices for financial advisors. And I, I and one one interesting quote from uh, Gary Vaynerchuk in the Thank You Economy, he reveals all of these great marketing strategies that we can use in a digital world. And oh, by the way, if you're in legal, uh, if, you, uh, if you're in law or, or in finance, you're, you're pretty much uh, SOL. And, <laughs> and I, there were portions of my business that I really liked a lot and I wanted to preserve those. Uh, so I decided to create Cadre as a way to scratch that, that marketing itch, if you will, because obviously in the, in the financial world, that you're very limited from a compliance and regulatory yeah. standpoint with what you can do. Yeah, and, and maybe dive in a little bit, uh, explain what Cadre is, because I think it's uh, – obviously it's a local uh, play in, in the D.C. area, but I, I think there'd be a lot of people – and you write about it in the book, but I think there'd be a lot of people that, that would be really interested in that model. Yeah, in fact, we just launched in, in Baltimore, and we're definitely looking at uh, testing the scalability of the model and hopefully uh, be able to to uh, put it in, in other areas soon. But I think what really makes us different from other organizations out there is that we're vetting not only for quality and uh, tangibles, i.e. what's your job title and how much revenue do you produce, but the intangibles specifically – are you a pay it forward person? Are you showing up looking for what you can contribute? And while we didn't really know how it would play out initially, what what's happened is everyone everyone shows up. We have over a hundred uh, members in D.C. right now. If, if a new person joins and no. And that has led to a lot of our members hiring each other, referring uh, each other opportunities much earlier in the relationship development process, uh, if you will, had it taken place in more traditional settings. So before I um, got on the call today, I was checking email, and and just literally like five minutes ago, I got an email from uh, the the local chamber of commerce uh, talking about the the mixer, the networking mixer uh, that uh, they're hosting. Uh, 
uh, later this week. I think it's uh, Thursday, and and it just kind of dawned on me. I, you know, sad to say, I belong to the chamber. I don't think I've gone to one of those events maybe ever. Um, but do people still participate in that sort of you know traditional networking event where it's kind of show up to to see who's there? Uh, believe it or not, I, I think I think they do, and uh, yeah, I, I also think that people really aren't aware of. Uh, how much time they're wasting when they attend. So, you know, I mentioned cold calling earlier. Every, at least when I was starting off in business, I couldn't wait to get to the point where I didn't have to rely on cold calling because you feel that pain, that rejection every single day. Whereas you could go to networking events all day long, multiple times a week and have perfectly nice conversations with perfectly nice people and not realize how unproductive that time is. And I even, you know, I'm, one thing that I've always said is that any business owner that uh, has uh, a line out the door of ideal clients and they're they're spending all their time working with people they love, would those people ever even go to a networking event? And I think, you know, the answer is probably no, which also contributes to why uh, more more and more of the types of people that you want to meet are not showing up at these types of functions. Yeah. Well, we probably should have started with this. You have uh, what I think is a very succinct and accurate definition of what real networking is. Um, and, and you spend, I think, um, a full chapter kind of debunking what you know everybody else calls it. Um, and uh, I can actually read this, or, or is this something that you can actually cite? I'd love to hear it in your words. Uh, sure. So, but I, I, but I, but I'm an author too. So I know sometimes they put, I put people, put, people do that. They say on page three, you said X and I'm like, uh, what, what'd I say? No, I think I, no, no, I, I know what you're talking about. I, mean, I refer to, uh, and, but I appreciate the, the, the pass if I didn't, but <laughs> so I, I, I essentially say networking is any activity that increases the value of your network and, or the value you contribute to it. And I don't really think that has to, that necessarily has to do with attending these these larger traditional events where you have a lot of people showing up for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. You go as far as and I think you quoted some other people and you and by the way one of the things I really do like is that you you really do reference a lot of the books and and maybe kind of the places where you f- feel like uh, you were mentored by authors and and so there's a slew of books that you mention in here. Uh, but you go as far as talking about uh, uh, calling uh, some traditional networking uh, professional one-night stands. That's- yeah, and and obviously one of those books is uh, Referral Engine, among your other books. And, and uh, yeah, so for a guy like me who, who doesn't have the, the budget for extensive research, research, hopefully that at least by showing that I'm, that I'm well-read – uh, establishes a little bit of credibility. But yeah, I mean, I think networking, larger networking events are like nightclubs uh, because everyone's sort of showing up, looking at what they can, how they can benefit, what they can get out of it. And uh, and I sort of draw the analogy uh, to dating. And if your objective and your goal is to develop really good professional relationships that take a while, if you're approaching it from uh, an authentic point of view, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting the way most networking books and advice steers you towards that networking event. Whereas if you buy a book called How to Find the Love of My Life or How to Meet My Soulmate, they do not begin with chapter one, step one, continue going to bars and nightclubs every night. <laughs> That's funny. Well, so, all right. So uh, the obvious next question is, uh, I, you know, I get that I need, and, and frankly, that's why people go to those things. It's like, I, I know I need to build my network and have a better network, but, you know, how do I, you know, how do I expand it then? 
Well, I think that the reason why I would uh, tell you that just about every networking endeavor that I participate in or am involved with is a success because I'm always thinking about how it can benefit my existing clients and my existing relationships. And so if networking 1.0, where everyone sort of begins, is you're showing up because you think you're going to get clients out of it, well, most of us realize that's probably not going to happen. And unfortunately, there's still a a good percentage of of professionals out there that, that think that it will happen. But then there's like this this uh, this evolution of networking 2.0, whereas where it's all about what can I do for you and how can I help you, and that's always been kind of weird to me. It's like if I just met you and you're telling me that you want to do something for me, I'm sort of thinking like, why is that? And and I, I think it's important before you put your reputation and any of your clients uh, uh, on the line with somebody that uh, with another professional that you at least know them well and know that they're going to make you look good. Yeah. And so networking 3.0, which I I sort of made all this stuff up, networking 3.0 is where you're thinking about your clients and some of the best relationships you have and what they need and what a good client for them looks like and how you can support them. And I found that whether online or offline, by talking to people about the upcoming challenges or, or issues that they have, they'll mention something that they have going on. And almost every time it has nothing to do with what I provide. But if I can connect the dots and introduce them to... Uh, what they need, it's it's very low risk, very high reward in terms of making a connection like that. Yeah, and that's really a mindset shift too, because a lot of people think, well, here's what I sell, here's what my company does. You know, I want to go in for, you know, getting that result or getting that sale or seeing if I can help them with that. But but really, I think the people that that have the mindset you're talking about, and I think some of the most successful people actually walk in and say, if I'm going to be really valuable to you, Mister or Mrs. Client. Um, I'm, you know, I'm going to think about everything you need, and and not just what I do. And I and I think that uh, that that sort of takes a rather expansive view of what your job is. Oh, absolutely. You you relate a story about a client of yours that uh, in the book uh, that uh, w- went you know was pitched by somebody else, a competitor, so to speak, and that competitor had had a compelling. You know, pitch that said, hey, I could have saved you, you know, X amount of money or made you X amount of money. I can't remember exactly how it went. And and your your client said, well, that's great. But, you know, Derek sent me, I, I want to say it was like $2 million worth of business or referred me like $2 yeah. million worth of business. And and you you have a great uh, term in there. You talk about it, that that, you know, idea being the ultimate tiebreaker, right? That, that now because somebody has a five cent cheaper widget or can save 3% on on a service that it really doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, I think for a lot, I think for a lot of us, um, our biggest competitor is indifference. I mean, if somebody wasn't happy with their existing provider, they would be proactive about finding a new one. So, when you enter, uh, when you arrive on the scene, it's not, it's not like, oh, I, I love this person. I'm never going to to switch things up. And I've just found that uh, if you ask most professionals what would be the best thing that would happen in your business today, they would they would say getting a referral. And sort of taking that a step further, well, what's the best thing that I could do for my clients today? And in a way where I'm not, you know, I'm not making idle promises. I'm not telling this to people that I don't think I could do that for. But, you know, I, I found that that's an easy way instead of trying to put forth a lot of time and effort to be just a little bit better at the core deliverable that I provide to, you know, make this an additional part of the, the value proposition. 
And I think you have to go deep into this, too, because, uh, you know, I, I, I see a lot of people who, you know, they read a book somewhere, or somebody gave them that idea, and they race off, and, and, and so the next time they call me, they say, you know, how can I help you? What can I send your way? And, and I think that y- it almost comes off disingenuous in, in a way because either we don't have that relationship or they really haven't spent the time to understand my business well enough to actually know what a good introduction would be for me. And, and so I don't think this is something that you can just say, oh, I'm going to go out and start doing that tomorrow. No, I mean, you talk about this in the referral engine with uh, the trigger phrases, right? Yeah. And 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 really just understanding, uh, okay, I think a lot of people assume Derek knows or John knows that I own an IT company, but really – what does that mean exactly? And what does a good client look like? And how will I know if, if they appear in front of me? Yeah. Yeah. And what's funny is, is even somebody who's a client of yours, um, you know, that, you know, their, their little view of what they, what you've done for them, you know, may not be expansive enough to, for them to actually go out and talk to other people. So it's, it really is an important uh, element. Um, I want to kind of end the day on uh, a pretty big concept, actually. Uh, But in a lot of ways, obviously, uh, before you wrote the book, you created your own networking group. Uh, So and and you and you spend some time talking about how to do that uh, if if somebody's thinking about it. And it would seem to me that that would kind of be the ultimate way to do it. Right. I mean, because you get to set the rules, you get to pick who comes in, you get to talk about, you know, what follow up looks like. And um, would you say that that is one of your messages really is that everybody should do that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a great way for especially for anyone who has a business with recurring, you know, a recurring revenue model. You have recurring clients uh, as opposed to being more transactional that uh, when you when you know what I did, I would facilitate roundtable lunches. I would host wine tasting events. I would uh, there were there were a lot of things that I did, but it all started with um, uh, with a core group of, of really good clients of mine who were also business owners that would benefit from interacting with, with others who shared, uh, in their mindset and approach, uh, to networking and, and, um, building up these relationships. And then some of their key advisors, and then I would go out and identify some of the other top people in the area. And, you know, and of course, back then with Cadre, Cadre is now 100 plus people and we charge for it's a separate business. But back then it was putting forth the work and the effort to just add a lot of really good value and then positioning your my for me, positioning myself in a way so that these people who were appreciative and and wanted to to reciprocate, if you will, I'd make it easy for them to do just that. Yeah, what I uh, really appreciate about the book, this is kind of my writing style too, is you don't just talk about it as an idea. You talk about here are the lessons we learned, don't do this, do this. I mean, all the way down to, you know, where to where to sit, where to eat lunch, you know, where how to get a place. And, and I just really, uh, I, I think that's so useful when people are able to break down kind of, here's exactly what I did. It may not be the only way to do it, but it's, you know, it's a way that, that worked for us. And, and I think that's always a, a really valuable thing when an author does that. Yeah, thank you. So um, the book is available end of April, and uh, uh, by the time most of you are listening to this, it'll be out uh, in about. I know it's available uh, in the in the online stores. Uh, you you want to talk about it, uh, uh, anywhere else that people might uh, learn more about you, learn more about the book itself? Yeah, so they can get more information on the book at my website, DerekCoburn.com uh, forward slash book, and that will direct them to to Amazon and on uh, Twitter, which I 
I spend more and more of my time because I actually view that as a as one of the 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 better larger networking events. It's sort of always open, and there's yeah, a, yeah. a lot of ways you can apply this to to your interactions on Twitter. So on Twitter, I'm Cadre DC. And I'm looking forward to being with the Cadre Group um, uh, myself, I think, later in June of this year, 2014. And uh, the, I'll, I'll get to see firsthand exactly how that thing operates. Yeah, June 12th. And we're looking forward to, to right. seeing you there as well. Well, Derek, thanks so much. And uh, uh, best of luck with the book. I know it's a solid book. It will do well. It's great, great lesson people need, need to hear and need to hear in several ways. And uh, so I appreciate you uh, spreading the word. No, thanks so much, John.